We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast. If you've uh, been looking for us in your feed for a while, we've uh, taken some time off. Both myself and Stefan have had loads of uh, life change going on, but we are back at it in, in mid-NFL draft season. If you're new to the show, uh, we like to say that this is the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan because we talk about everything from uh, college football recruiting to college football to fantasy football to NFL draft all the way and two conversations as to who should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, if you want to find us on Twitter to uh, just, you know, bother us in our DMs, and, and it's not bothering because we appreciate it, but uh, if you want to find us on Twitter, you can find me at FF underscore Travis M, and I am joined by Stefan Lico. You can find him at Stefan Lico, L-A-K-O, on Twitter. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and we're just diving into, right away, the NFL Combine special episode here for you this week because... Uh, that is right around the corner, and um, it's crazy that we're already at this point in draft season, Stefan. But uh, welcome back to the show, my my, my co-host. <laughs> I know. Welcome back to football for me too. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> you you with your with your day job, you're you're grinding all this stuff all the time. Anyway, um, yeah. I like since really since the after well, really after the Jags were no longer in the playoffs, I just kind of tuck tailed and uh, <laughs> I had to had to do some uh, some just a lot of other stuff in life. Um, I just got laid off for my job, which sucked that uh, we, they outsourced um, my role. So I was scrambling. It's just been ridiculous. And you think, Oh, you were laid off. You've got a couple months severance. You can just sit here and podcast all day. <laughs> no, long. no, 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 but no, sir. But I'm, I'm glad to be works. back in here, but I'm excited because um, with me having my head in the sand for the last couple of weeks and you kind of um, really diving deep into this, uh, it's probably similar to how some of our listeners might feel where it's like, oh, yeah, we've taken a break since the Super Bowl, but now we're getting ready because the NFL is a content machine. It never oh, stops. Never. We are, <laughs> but we're really diving into draft season. The the um, the combine to me is really when the average NFL fan starts really paying attention to the NFL draft, to the upcoming season. And the combine kind of kicks off that whole process. So it's kind of fun. Um, me kind of coming back in after a couple of weeks, a lot of our listeners probably the same way and you grinding it. I, I feel like I'll be able to ask a lot of questions that maybe some of our 
listeners are wondering. And let's just start start off with the basics. Um, what is uh, what what should we be looking for? Um, what uh, what are uh, maybe a couple of players to be watching? And I'd love to hear your take, even just on like you were talking before the show, like things are going to be a little bit different this year. Just kind of give us the the intro to um, uh, draft combine one hundred and one. Maybe we'll call it. Yeah, sure. And for those who, who um, and I know a lot of you have reached out about the show, uh, about uh, what I'm doing now, and I've been with Mojo, which is the sports stock market uh, since last September. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm working full time on this stuff, uh, college football, NFL. And so really uh, building out predictive modeling and diving deep into every number that might mean something to each and every one of these players uh, careers. And so, yeah, we've been having conversations about uh, several of these players ahead of the NFL combine and going to be adding another group of incoming rookies on the platform here soon at Mojo, about 30 more rookies. And then shortly after that, I think maybe even 50 or more beyond that. So getting into some deep, deep uh, draft boards of players available there. But uh, yeah, I mean, when it comes to the NFL combine, I think a lot of people, there's so much information to sift through. They don't really even know where to begin in terms of like what historical numbers mean. And so we can dive right. into that. But w- one thing that is different that you, you kind of hinted at uh, is we're actually, they keep on moving the schedule. And so if you're expecting to be at work this week and you're going to be watching, uh, you know, uh, skipping to, you know, take an extra long lunch to watch running back 40s or anything like that, that's not going to be the case because they actually move the wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, their on-field workouts to Saturday. And then the running backs, you have to wait till uh, Sunday, actually, this year. So the defensive players are on the front end this year, kind of uh, flipping things around. Uh, ever, ever since really the the uh, the uh, uh, pandemic, they've really kind of tried different ways to do the combine. I think they realized, hey, maybe like one, one year they actually ran the 40s at like 11.30 p.m. for the wide receivers. And I'm like, maybe that's oh, I not. I remember that. That was Maybe crazy. that's not ideal. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we saw some interesting results. A lot of people sitting out. Um, so let's, let's try try this and we'll see how this works. So, uh, it's just funny to see the NFL really not know, uh, what they're doing when it, <laughs> uh, when it comes to like the most important job interview ever. Um, but just to kind of just break it down, just because I think a lot of people don't understand like what makes a good time. Anytime I talk with a lot of people about like 40 times or how fast they could even run a 40, like the average joke of running 40, everyone automatically assumes, oh yeah, I'd be, I'd probably run like a four seven and, <laughs> and truthfully, right. okay. Yeah. Uh, if they yeah. were having a bad day, Travis, I would be, yeah, if they're having you know, a bad day, the knees I mean, are feeling creaky. Yeah. Because everybody, everybody knows you can just hop out there on, on like the street and jeans and run a four or five. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah. If you're in yeah. decent shape, you know, if you've been, if you've been hitting the gym, if you've been putting those, uh, yeah, yeah. Those miles in on the treadmill. No, it's funny. Like even talking to my, my friends at, at Mojo, uh, about like, you know, what the average non super in shape, you know, 30 something could run. Uh, they're like, Oh yeah. Like one, one of the guys was like, Oh yeah, I could hop out there right now and break five seconds. And so I'm legitimately going to bring my like football field long tape measure and he's going to run yes. his 40 on 22nd Avenue when I go up to New York. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that goes. But um, no, I mean, like it, it's a lot of people think that, you know, obviously wide receivers always run in the four fours, right. Or, you know, get sub four, four in many cases. And yeah, that, that is true in, in some cases, but uh, truthfully, like just the, the position everyone watches and they assume it's going to be super fast, like wide receiver averages is still to the, to this day around 4.52 seconds in the 40 yard dash. And so before you, you know, throw your favorite wide receiver in the garbage, if he runs a four five two or a four five three, understand that that's not even that 
that slow at all for for an NFL wide receiver. Like second round picks, like even like Cortland Sutton ran like a four five five, and I remember people were freaking out about how slow he was. And and but he was a big body wide receiver. His his speed score was above a hundred um, at his size, and so. Right. Uh, and I'll get to speed score in a second, but yeah, I mean like just understanding that even like running backs, like the average NFL combine time is seriously 4.56 seconds. Like that, that doesn't sound super fast because we all assume everyone should be in the four fours, but if for running back, like you're not in the, if you get to the four, four range, like you're in the 75th percentile or faster, if you just run a four, four, nine. So, um, same thing almost with the wide receivers, like 75th percentile there is 4.45 seconds. So, I mean, you're faster than 75% of every NFL wide receiver to run at the combine since 2000. If you get to 4.44 seconds. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I think a lot of people just understand or misunderstand that. Um, yeah. If four fives are okay, four sixes are not great. Um, like if you, but it's also not the death of you if you run like a four six and change. Like we've seen a few guys run slower and still get some some draft capital. Like I, I remember how slow and short Clyde Edwards Hilaire was a few years ago, ran uh just around or over a four six, I think it was like four six one. And uh people thought, oh, he's he's dead. Uh and then he went first round anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and, and no, no, yeah. No and you know, in retrospect, maybe that's not a great example because he hasn't exactly panned out, but like you can still get opportunity. You can still get draft capital. And if you run a little bit slower than what the historical assumption is for average. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that one's the one that everyone kind of assumes they have a, a grip on understanding and how how fast uh, you should be. Um, but I mean, we've never we've never seen at least uh, outside of uh, uh, Chris Johnson, we've never really seen anyone run faster at the running back position than 4.24, but it'll be fun just to see uh, that, that there is one player who could break that this year, maybe, maybe two, but I re- realistically one who could get in that conversation, but we can, we can dive in here, I guess, into other, other um, drills as well that, that in terms of like times we're looking for, like, do you have an, like just off the top of your head, like what, what, what do you outside of the 40, what do you look for Stefan when you're at, uh, you know, just sitting at home while watching the NFL combine. Um, some of the ones, I mean, it depends on the position, right? Are we specifically talking sure. um, wide receivers? Yeah, let's stay at the wide receiver position because we kind of well, dove into that some. I also need to preface everything. Uh, and I know, I think I mentioned this every season around this time, is that the numbers mean a lot less to me than they mean to a lot of people. Um, right. I value on-field production um, way more oh, than yeah. combine scores. Um, oh, and maybe yeah. that's hot takey or maybe everyone feels that way. I'm not sure, but I, I take a lot of these with a, with a grain of salt. Um, I, I find now, and I think maybe um, this is just because uh, Metcalf had such a poor result <laughs> um, and then smashed the NFL anyway, but three cone for some reason is something that I'm interested in now. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, let's see what these receivers do with a three cone drill. And really like, I don't, I don't even know, man, like uh sub seven seconds, like uh, seems pretty great. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, let's dive into that because yeah. Um, yeah. And really anything that we do, we'll get into like some expected ranges for some of these players in this year's class here, uh, here soon too. But I think a lot of people don't really understand um, what a uh, good three cone time is. I mean, we, we can kind of look at a class as in and of itself and go, okay, that guy was slower than this guy, but sometimes like an entire group is slow. A 
uh, sometimes an entire group of wide receivers struggle at, at the kind of three cone or entire group of, if you're just looking at like a list of, you know, like this year, we only have 20 tight ends. Like, and if, if that group struggles, but the fastest guy barely gets to average is like, Oh, he's a, he's a freak. He's running this. And right. But realistically you got to just understand the historical, um, I guess, distribution of, of these times. And, um, we can get back into some of the forties with the tight ends cause that's important there. But yeah, most it's, it's just important to know. Yeah. It is just one data point, um, in the grand scheme of things, but the average for wide receivers at the three cone drill, which is, you know, it's like they set up three cones in the L shape. You have to run, tap your, <laughs> tap your hand on the ground, run back, tap your hand on the ground, run around the L cone, come back and, and do it all really quick. The average for NFL wide receivers is uh, right around six point. Uh, 6.98 seconds at the NFL combine. And by the way, all these numbers I'm quoting are strictly combine because if you look at a lot of databases, they're including uh, pro time, uh, pro day times and other, uh, other event times that aren't necessarily uh, as uh, regulated. And, and, <laughs> and, uh, and pro days typically, typically are faster, right? Like the pro slightly, days, the, yeah. the gap is closing actually. Um, Cause Matt Spencer has done a lot of wise. Uh, well, yeah, and, and I think uh, they, there's just te- technology has gotten more widespreadly, uh, widespread available for all these universities to have, oh, I wouldn't say quite standardized, but improved um, uh, testing. And so, yeah, Matt Spencer, a uh, guy who's done a lot for, for Rotoviz, actually did some great historic analysis to say that, uh, basically find that, yes, the, the gap is narrowing between uh, combine and pro day, but there, there is still a little bit of juice you get if you just wait to your pro day typically. And I would hope so. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, if, you're, if you're if I'm home, showing up at my yeah. school, I'm hoping my guy's giving me a, yeah, some, a, a some home boost. cooking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah, 6.98 seconds is average for uh, wide receivers. So around seven seconds, uh, just under seven seconds is good for um, wide, receiver, uh, wide receivers. Average for running backs is 7.07. Uh, so about a tenth of a second slower for running backs typically, and that makes sense. They're a little bit thicker <laughs> on yeah. average than your wide receivers. Uh, tight ends are quite a bit slower on average because they're you know they're they're carrying around two hundred forty two fifty pounds. Uh, they're seven point one eight on average. Uh, so you know a, a, about another tenth or so difference. So you know it, around seven, around seven one, around seven two. If you can k- keep those straight uh, for wide receiver, running back, and tight end, if you beat that um i'm not disappointed at all uh and realistically these are all threshold tests right we just want to see hey is this one aspect of your athleticism going to be a major problem like do you just completely are you not even athletic enough to make it at this next level in in this through this one particular lens uh but yeah that's that's a great test of agility but it's funny sometimes um there's just some confusing (laughs) results like sometimes it'll even be kind of a shiftier slot guy and he has a, a bad three cone um and so maybe some tests sometimes I, I i'm not even really looking at for certain players because i i what i've seen them do in the game actually it supersedes uh you know them running a tenth of a second slower in the in the three cone right. than i thought they might uh and frankly it's just uh, that environment to be at your most agile self is just it's it's pretty tough but um yeah i don't don't look too much into it, but, but yeah, it, it is concerning at least in terms of how it may affect uh, future NFL draft capital. Cause frankly, if, if a player like you mentioned DK Metcalf earlier had run, you know, not a, you know, first percentile or second percentile, like terrible three cone. I wonder if people wouldn't have overthought his process and had he, right. had he actually gone earlier. Uh, but the one that it really is most impactful, at least 
measured wise when it comes to predicting draft capital is the 40 yard dash. Uh, so that's, that's the one takeaway. A lot of, a lot of people look at the short shuttle as well, uh, which is just a really simple drill. It's a, it's a back and forth stop, start uh, kind of drill. And, and just to go over averages there real quick, before we hop into some real players, um, wide receivers run that around 4.24 seconds for the short shuttle. And the uh, running backs are just a little bit slower at 4.27 seconds. And tight ends are about a full tenth slower at 4.37. Uh, but, you know, anything uh, in the four threes is not ideal because uh, when you're talking about even the tight ends, um, the guys that run in the four threes and four fours, at the, the agility drills um, and are slower in that regard are typically the, the more blocking type tight ends historically as well. If you look at uh, just the archetypes and players who hit and players who have uh, some real receiving production. So anything in the four threes, typically uh, regardless of position is less than ideal, but it's not a problem, but especially historically below four, four, you're looking at a cohort of players that mostly, mostly miss. Um, yeah. it's not really super strong signal, but, um, it, you know, it's easy to see that that's not necessarily ideal in predicting, uh, draft capital. If you're super, super problem anti agile, <laughs> um, but we didn't even mention the, the the tight end forties. I don't, and this one surprises a lot of people sometimes. But they're slow. They're like they're flat out. They're bad at, at <laughs> forty. Like, um, like for fantasy purposes, I, I I see a lot of people using like this this imaginary uh, threshold around four seven. Like you have to be under four seven. Um, some people say under four seven five. But the average for tight ends is not. It's four seven eight. Like average. So, That's crazy. <laughs> um, didn't so, yeah, I mean, Pitts run like a four four five or something like that yeah yeah i mean like there's stupid. some there's, yeah the record is actually 4.38 since uh 2000 i believe and so that's i mean that's really really mo- moving i wouldn't expect people to do you remember who did that um i can look that up here in a second actually just to kind of Still remind myself <laughs> yeah I, I mean that because that is absolutely flying that was actually matt jones of arkansas that, oh, the guy yeah. who was oh and jackson the jaguars, jaguars baby yep yeah, Vern, Vernon Davis got within a tenth of that. He had four three nine. Evan Ingram had a four four two. Right. There are actually I mean, a lot Matt, of guys who got significant, at least draft capital, if they Matt Jones ran that fast. Was technically a quarterback and for our yeah. yeah, yeah, but he, <laughs> but he was going to be a tight end. He drafted right. to be tight end. Yeah, um, but you know, other guys who ran uh, really fast numbers in the forty. I mean, like Noah Fant uh, had first round capital. Jared Cook was a long time NFL. Uh, tight end and, and OJ Howard got first round capital. George Kittle is up there as one of the fastest tight ends ever. Uh, so uh, a lot of these guys running like four, like especially, especially in the four, like sub four, six range, you're talking about a bunch of guys. Like I mean, even like, uh, like guys who do stuck around, stuck around that you wouldn't even think were that fast. Uh, like Kobe Fleener actually ran that fast. Uh, believe it or not, like Jordan Cameron, J- Jimmy Graham, uh, Greg Olson, Mike Kosicki, a lot of people are really high on him this offseason. A lot of guys, uh, especially at the tight end position, 40, the signal there is pretty strong in both predicting NFL draft capital and uh, predicting um, at least some some certain threshold of, of NFL production and being able to stick in the league. Because if you're fast enough and big enough at that position, right. you're kind of a unicorn. <laughs> right. Well, like you said, like – you know you're not just going to be used as a blocking tight end if you're able to uh, t- to move that quickly at that size. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned Jimmy Graham, man. 
he his name gets forgotten, but there were years where he was a fantasy king, man. <laughs> oh yeah, like, I mean, he was a like a first round fantasy pick back in what 2010, 2011, so 2012, crazy. or something like that. Maybe I'm just old. Maybe that's what people. It's other people have forgotten <laughs> about him. I'm just I'm just talking about even, like super old relics. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, I, that's I mean, a tight end. I, I mean, that's important. Um, there aren't uh, a ton of in terms of actual signal and and predicting. Uh, outcomes at the next level. Um, there aren't many combine drills that have super sticky ability, and we can get into kind of one adjusted me- metric here uh, in just a moment. But yeah, it's it's just funny to see the trends over the years. And uh, tight ends are getting a little bit faster, um, and, and quarterbacks are getting a little bit faster these days. You don't see the Tom Brady's running a five three these days <laughs> that often at the combine. Right. Uh, but uh, but it is just funny, like watching. Um, the, the change over the years, but really it's funny how level uh, a lot of people assume the same to be true of wide receiver and running backs. Uh, the difference, uh, if you like look at 2000 to 2009 or 2010, uh, and then from that point on to here, the difference is 0.015 seconds difference. So 15 one thousandths of yeah. a second difference um, when comparing two decades or so uh, against one another, but so it's pretty flat. Uh, for both running back and wide receiver, similar difference there actually. And I have uh, a theory, but decade to decade, it's controversial. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you want to hear it? Uh, maybe we might have to edit it out. <laughs> I think it's race related. Really? Because I think uh, quarterbacks um, were traditionally not—I mean, not very many teams in the NFL were playing fast with the quarterback position. So you had a bunch of immobile let's be honest white dudes hanging out in the pocket and now that we've seen the nfl transition into a faster game and you've seen um people of color get the opportunity to play quarterback at the nfl level it's heightened the their um opportunity even collegiately as well with some of the bigger programs and i think you know you have um a lot more speed when you open up your uh, even a lot more opportunity for speed when you open up uh, the opportunity to play that position to, you know, hundreds of thousands of more players, you know, they're just given more opportunity. There's more people involved. Therefore you're going to get higher results. That's my hot take. Well, yeah. And, and it, you see it over the years. Uh, the, like if you look at just like the five-year moving average or so, uh, that's a good way to kind of show a trend for uh, quarterback 40 yard dashes. And I'm not sure how many we're even going to see run this year because they don't right. really need to prove themselves, but like the average 40 uh, yard dash in 2000, just guess what that was for quarterbacks. Oh, <laughs> you're mean. I have no idea. Uh, let me guess. Well, here, four, here. How about this? How about seven. this? The, or seven. Okay, no, that they're, you're really nice because right now the, the the quarterback forty yard average, like since two thousand, is four eight four. Oh, wow. um, but the average back then was four nine nine. Jeez. <laughs> In yeah. that particular season. And since then, could outrun those guys. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of a, a really bad, bad, bad class. Like we haven't seen one that bad or that slow uh, since then. But if you look at the the five year moving average for quarterback forties, um, just up through like last year, it's all the way down to four eight. So a wow, difference yeah. in almost point two when you look at five five year moving averages, uh, changing over just over two decades. Uh, the quarterback position they've really invested uh, or prioritized getting these players faster. Yeah. That's interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, and we'll have some other trivia and, and let's dive into some, some adjusted metrics and more specific players and, and players that are going to be competing this week and our expectations for them on the other side after you hear a word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back, and we are going to get uh, to a very important segment that I'm sure a lot of you guys are wondering why we haven't addressed, but we really wanted you to hear those ads. So we're going to get to it right now, Travis. <laughs> I want to hear um, this. This, I mean, this is draft season. Draft season is here and now. Why, um, not why, who, who are you really excited to, um, uh, to see this weekend, or maybe not even excited to, but interested in, intrigued by, curious about uh, who, who could maybe really move the needle um, and uh, maybe skyrocket into some uh, unexpected draft capital. Yeah, sure. I mean, like every single year uh, we have at least some loose understanding of how athletic a player is going to be. At least we think we do. Um, and so we kind of set lines in our head of what we're expecting and, and some books and some apps uh, set lines as to what is, is expected, especially when it comes to the 40 yard dash. Uh, but I, I think more than, more than anyone, like we already know, that like guys like Anthony Richardson are super athletic for their position. Like we understand that Quentin Johnston is uh very, like he's probably going to jump through the roof. Like he's already jumping 42 allegedly uh, in his preparation. Um, like Devin, Devin a chain ran a 10.14 hundred meter. That's uh, cruising. You know, in that's track. cruising. I, that's cruising, cruising, cruising. Yeah. Like, and, and what's crazy about him is he, he didn't, he was reluctant. He, his focus wasn't track initially, right. like, but his coach just basically just made him do it because he was too. Are fast. you? Is he the player uh, and, you're just most excited about? Just like just, so, you love just him. because like, you love like, him for so long now too. I do, I do. I've I've, I've really enjoyed watching Devin A. Chain, um, and I was of the mind that he was probably better than Isaiah Spiller, like even when they were sharing right. the backfield, and he was clearly more explosive uh, in the, in their shared time there together. Um, and yes, he's undersized and, and that's, that's already been beaten to death for months, if not years for the people who've been following the Texas A&M program or college football or NFL draft projections. Yes. Devin A. Chain, his list weight was 
185 pounds, and we'll see what he weighs in. Maybe it's uh, I'd love to see him come in at 190, one uh, over 190 uh, this week. And if he does come in at over 190, I don't think he's going to be breaking the record uh, for the fastest 40 ever. But it is funny because like his over under right now uh, on one particular app where you can uh, bet on such things is uh, 4.29 seconds, which actually feels slow for for a player of uh, H-Chain's legitimately like Olymp- borderline Olympic Olympic speed. Um, I remember it was Anthony Schwartz who he ran about a 10-2 or so in uh, a wind-assisted 10.06, I believe is what it was, uh, in the 100. I was like, man, he could break the record. He could really do it. Uh, and he showed up and he ran like a 4.26. And my initial reaction was like, dang, I'm kind of disappointed. Because... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um- yeah, and, and similar similar feelings towards HN because he he is without a doubt the fastest player in this draft and could potentially be the fastest player in the NFL the moment he steps onto the field. Uh, quick question. Uh, sure. Do they do uh, measurements and weight and all that kind of stuff before or after the uh, race? The running? They do that before. So we've got every we've got all the time in the world for people to freak out about him not weighing. If he does weigh and- over 190. <laughs> Do I just put my yeah. mortgage on um, the the <laughs> under? I mean, the over. Like, if he comes in at one ninety eight, there's no way he's running a four two nine. Yeah, because he. I mean, he wasn't playing at one ninety eight, no. <laughs> uh, and I think he can grow into that. But he's really he intentionally did not uh, continue adding weight because of the the track uh, aspect of his career. And so, yeah, he was playing a little bit lighter than you typically see a running back play at, right? Because he he's a legitimate track star. And so, um, yeah, he was. If he comes in at 198, you're looking at a player who um, is actually a little bit probably shorter than James Cook was last year, but thicker. Uh, to have the same BMI as like James Cook, uh, if he just gets to 194-ish, like that's the same kind of range. Yeah. So but, like, I'm not worried about. You would assume then he would be slower. Like you would assume a slower 40 time because of it, right? Yeah. I mean, I would say like his floor at that point would probably be a 4-3-2. Yeah. But uh yeah, I wouldn't expect a record-breaking performance, but if he's, you know, if he's not even 190, then he's just showing up to break the I record. Can't wait. <laughs> you know, yeah. So that's that's one player I'm I'm interested in seeing if it could happen. Um, you know, one of these days we're gonna get that that first 419, and it's gonna be a, be- a beauty. But because uh, <laughs> yeah, John Ross has it's and it's a shame that John Ross of all people has the record 4.22 because uh, he was such a bust like my goodness um yeah it it, it really in my mind it still belongs to cj2k because he's you know actually produced 4.24 and he actually did anything with that speed but yeah i mean beyond beyond him i i would love to see uh jameer gibbs prove that he actually is the jamal uh jamal charles comp that uh i I think he could be uh, because he's going to come in around around 200 and uh, if he runs at four three eight at two hundred, almost exactly exactly like Jamal Charles did at the, at the combine back in his day, uh, that would be a lot of fun so that, to see. That's the number uh, posted on that site. Would you go over or under four three eight? Um, I would probably, <laughs> I would probably go uh, over just because I think he's probably going to come in a little thicker yeah. than uh, than to, to to kind of prove that he can add some weight. So if he comes in 205, goes up to 210, I'm not expecting him to be a 438 guy. Uh, that that is Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama. But so uh, yeah, I mean, we there have been defensive players on Alabama who have been quoted as saying, "I'm not sure I've ever defended a faster athletic player 
than Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's saying a that's lot crazy. when you're you come from Alabama. Uh, but yeah, I'm not I'm not so sure he's going to break four three eight, even if he's barely sub uh, one ninety nine. I mean, if he's like one ninety nine, one ninety eight, or something like that. Uh, historically speaking, uh, when you look at guys who were in the forty, um, like he, he'd be up in elite, elite, elite territory if you get into the fours, like sub four fours. Like there's just not very many players at the position who've done that. So, I mean, like when you, when you look at, and, and a lot of them actually, a lot of the guys who had those forties didn't necessarily uh, turn out either. A few of them did like, uh, like CJ Spiller, like hit for a while, yeah. uh, but like Corey Grant was an undrafted free agent, uh, like Keith Marshall for Georgia. Like he didn't really pan out, you know, he's a four, three, one, but you know, then you have guys um, who didn't get capital, but hit anyway, like uh, Raheem Mostert, like he's still one of the fastest guys in the leagues of this day. He was four, three, four. Um, but yeah, so I think you could get in, up into that range, but, um, the guys who typically do are all sub 200 for the most part, uh, outside of like Ben Tate, uh, and a few other examples, but there are a lot of oftentimes, uh, sub, uh, even 190 type yeah, guys. And I, and you were referencing, uh, both weight and speed or like time in the 40 right now. And, um, I know that there's like a formula that you, you like to reference and some of some of the work with speed score and stuff like that. And, but I don't want to get into that just yet. I want to hear a couple other names of players that you're excited about, but then um, I'd love to hear you just uh, kind of explain speed score and what that is and all that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, cause it's just, it's something that gets thrown around on podcasts and things like that from time to time, but we can tackle that here in a minute, but I, I, I am excited to see guys like all, oh, basically all the wide receivers that could be in the, the top capital conversations because, uh, you know, there are some questions about this final year production for many of them, whether it be due to injury or uh, the team around them, their offensive scheme, whatever. It was limit- limiting off-field stuff, uh, coming off of two ankle surgeries or whatever, like Keishon Boutte mm-hmm. in, in particular. I was just looking at his name, too. Uh, I mean, off-field baggage that we won't even mention because it's just uh, – yeah, you just I wouldn't even recommend Googling that at work, by the way. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's just a, a weird situation because he – was was like the consensus wide receiver one in this class for quite some time, and uh, but he missed a lot of time with injury, had back to back ankle surgeries, and was coming off of that this year, and um, and and of course got outproduced by a true sophomore and Malik Neighbors, uh, who was the only thousand yard wide receiver for LSU this year, and Butte was very up and down and inconsistent, and uh, so yeah, I, I I would love to see him get somewhere around four, four and just prove that, Hey, I'm still an elite athlete. I've got the speed. I've got everything going for me. I can run the routes and I'm the best guy here. Cause we wanted him to be like, uh, at this point, in many cases, in many cases, people have him outside their top four, top five, top even six. In some cases I'm seeing people have him like beyond wide receiver six in the class. So a very pivotal opportunity, uh, and moment for Keishon Boutte. Yeah, absolutely. Um, someone I've always been a little bit lower on, but only, I no real reason um, just yeah. because I was higher on other people, not so much that I was lower on him. Um, but uh, yeah, like is it bad that I want anybody, see any wide receivers? <laughs> I'm such a jerk. Cause I want to see yeah. other people do better than him. <laughs> yeah. Any wide receivers you're particularly excited about? Cause I mean, there, there are several. I mean, I'm really excited about Josh downs um, selfishly because I have a lot of Josh downs in, in like C to C. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited. Um, to watch him and, and see what he can do. I think that'll be um, extremely interesting. Uh, Quinton Johnson, I think kind of had a, a, an up and down season too, 
started off real slow um, uh, the first third or so of the season. And um, I'm curious to see what, what he'll be able to do out there. Um, those are probably the, the two big names uh, of guys that I'm really excited to see. Um, trying to think if there's anyone else. Um, I mean, I guess I'm right there with you on downs, by the way. I yeah. guess I got guys like Jackson Smith and Jigba. <laughs> I don't think it matters. I don't even know if he'll run. Um, yeah, I, I'm confused why everyone uh, kind of believes that he's some sort of uh, limited athlete. Um, I, I don't, I don't really get that. Uh, he was a, a consensus kind of, uh, lower tier five, I say lower tier, lower tier five star. He was a five star wide receiver coming into college did and did nothing but dominate in, in the one shared season with Olave and Wilson. And um, yeah, I, I, it's just bog, mind boggling to me that there's this assumption that he's uh, he's slow right. and, and that's just probably not going to be the case. So I, I, I really hope he proves the doubters wrong. Cause I think a lot of people ex- expect him to be like a four five, five guy or so, or something like that. It just doesn't make sense with his weight and, his skill set and but even if uh, i'd say he comes slow, in easily i don't yeah. care <laughs> like it, it, it will not change yeah. my like if he's like if he is 4.554 4, 5, 5, 4, yeah. yeah it just reminds me of like justin jefferson like when he came in and people thought he was gonna be like this slower slot guy who never played against uh you know um press coverage or whatever and there are all these detractors and then he ran like in the four fours and people were like oh okay yeah. um never mind <laughs> yeah. uh and so i think that people are gonna have that similar type feel with uh and jigba here soon the other- uh and i heard some other podcasts even questioning like jordan addison no, speed and out. i don't get that either get uh yeah so it's just the people are overthinking it and they're gonna act all surprised when both of those guys get sub four or five and um, again so I don't for know. me if they don't i don't care <laughs> like those guys are gonna yeah, be productive yeah. in the nfl the two other guys that i'm really curious about just because they were such mm-hmm. um exciting prospects um, are the Maryland wide receivers because they didn't actually produce much like they didn't do much at all um, and so uh, yeah. I, I, I am curious to see how both Raheem Jarrett um, and Demas uh, do uh, just throughout the combine see if they can maybe um, get back to where they originally yeah. were at because I, I think last season just yeah Jarrett's former five yeah. star uh, we were all high on him for for a couple years there at least so uh, things didn't go perfectly with the Maryland offense for yeah. sure but that that's a duo I'm definitely uh, paying attention Hazelwood to. Hazelwood too. Jadon but, Hazelwood. Do you have a bet, by the way, like on uh, – I'm sorry, Jayden, what? Jaden Hazelwood is another guy that I'm curious about. There's a lot. As I'm looking over the list of names, like, oh, and him, and him, and him. <laughs> oh, I mean, there's so many fun, like, high-pedigree names in this draft yeah. that didn't exactly do what we thought they would in, or thought they could in college, like uh, Joe Nagata for right. uh, for Clemson, Jaden Hazelwood for Arkansas, Justin Shorter for Florida. Um you know, it's like former five-star guys. Uh, it's just so so funny because like Jaden Hazelwood was rated higher than he was the only wide receiver rated higher than Garrett Wilson in his recruiting class, and uh, the only other you know potentially higher-rated recruit in the wide receivers for uh, the class that had Amon Ross St. Brown uh, that was Justin Shorter, and the, you know we're, we're seeing like the anti what can happen with five-star yeah. players happen. Or they're entering the league finally this yeah, year. It's crazy. Um, it's like best and worst case scenario was for that, State, that type right? of uh, pedigree. Yeah, he was at yeah. Penn State, did not pan out. Transferred to Florida, still didn't really right. pan out. But uh, yeah, there's there's a bunch of those names that are probably going to test pretty well or better than we might think, especially like with long speed for their size, like a shorter, like a Joe Nagata, um, the guys that might absolutely leap out of the building. Um, and 
you know, might get some decent draft capital based on that. So yeah, there are several names like that, that are kind of lower on the list that got invites that uh, I'm intrigued by, but, but yeah, I, 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 do you have an idea of like who you think the fastest, uh, you know, we, we agree that Devin A chain is the fastest running back and he's probably going to be in the four twos unless he comes in super thick. But wide receivers, because that's what's hotly debated. If you look at a few different places where you can kind of guess the top 40, the the implication is that the fastest wide receiver is somewhere around 4-3. But there's a guy, there's a bunch of guys jumbled around, like the over-under line for Jalen Hyatt and Tyler Scott of uh, Cincinnati, Jalen Hyatt of Tennessee, that's right at 4-3. Trey Tucker of Cincinnati is 4-3-2. Darius Davis, 4-3-5, and he's got some verified like 22 mile an hour say, plus that dude can fly. numbers on field. Yeah, for it's I might take him. Man, I might some, take him. Yeah. But he fast, is like, also the crazy, one I've even, watched the most outside of Hyatt. But Hyatt, it's it's sometimes hard to tell how fast he is because he's just alone. There's no one running next to him. So you're like, how did yeah. he get did, did he just run past everyone? Yeah. <laughs> and he's alone, like against Alabama. Yeah, like it's just like, what dude, are you doing? Not the like, best how's this happening this season? It, it was. It was the best game of the year. Like it's. It's a shame that Hooker went yeah. down because they were on such a ridiculous run. So that 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 yeah. But that was the best game of the year. Uh, but yeah, it's Zay Flowers and, and Trey Palmer both had their lines around four three seven even. So we're talking about uh, like a half dozen guys that have their over underline set at four three seven or That's faster crazy. at uh, wide receivers right now. Uh, so of, of those, so you said your your pick would be Darius Davis. Davis. And I, I do like Palmer too. I think he's underrated. He did come on late in the year. He's a guy I know you've another talked guy about I, a lot too. But I'm really uh, excited to see him. Yeah, because I know he's going to fly. Yeah. So I, who was it? It was Casey Thompson. So Casey Thompson uh, came from Texas, transferred to Nebraska to play with Trey Palmer, who transferred from LSU to Nebraska. And like the first thing Casey Thompson said about any of his wide receivers when he was there is. Trey Palmer is the fastest guy that I, I've ever thrown the yeah. ball to. And, and, and he had thrown, he just, he had just spent the prior year throwing to Xavier yeah. worthy, who is objectively one of the fastest wide receivers in the country. Uh, and so, yeah, it, Palmer has a, a track background, so he could be really fun. I think flowers, his, his, I would say overall day, like I love Zay flowers, but he's not a four, three, seven wide receiver. Right. Like that's, that's probably not going to be the case. And so that leaves me probably Hyatt. Uh, Scott or Tucker, and it's funny to, to project the fastest wide receiver in the draft being a Cincinnati guy because that's Weird. not typically what we've uh, come to understand. But I think it is going to be Trey Tucker. I think that's that's kind of been my bet for for months now that that would be the case in this draft. Uh, I don't think Scott is is as fast as Tucker, even though his over under is slightly faster. People watch them both at the same time, and uh, yeah, I think some get. Maybe, I'm just thinking like there's some t- type of psychological overlap, and they, they just assume Scott's faster. I don't know, but to me, it, it, uh, when I compare the two, Tucker is maybe a full tenth faster, and so I think he would be the best bet to go under four three if there's going to be one in this class. Um, Jalen Hyatt probably up there in the mix too. He's just super super lean, so uh, he's probably not going to have a crazy fast speed score, but he's he's somebody that I, I'm interested in um, watching in this class for sure. I, I really hope Anthony Richardson runs because he could be a, you know, a four, four kind of guy. And uh, Malik Cunningham uh, at Louisville, also a quarterback is, is a smaller guy, but I, he's rumored to be a sub four, four guy as well. Uh, the record for quarterback is like 4.33. I believe two different players have that uh, all time. And I think it's uh, I think it was Vic and uh, uh, RG three, but so I'd love to see him get down close to that range too. 
Um, and that would probably mean he gets drafted as well. I think he definitely deserves it. Uh, not he's not no, not your top tier quarterback. I think everyone knows who those go who, the, who those guys are at this point. Yeah. But somebody who who could definitely help his stock at the position by proving he has verified wheels. Uh, any tight ends? This is a deep tight end class. We haven't spent much time talking about those guys. Any any of the tight ends you're particularly interested in before we dive into speed score and then then i embarrass you with some uh, yeah. trivia <laughs> i mean <laughs> darnell washington is cure is, is interesting to me just because he's just a monster and it was fun watching him play for georgia i mean as their tight end too but still one of the best tight ends in the country which is crazy um so i'm excited to see um what he can do but just because of his uh he could become a real um what's the word i'm looking for like just a matchup nightmare you know like if he's if he's too fast for for linebackers like watch out um yeah some of the uh will mallory i just kind of like miami i also have a lot of mallory in uh c2c leagues <laughs> so uh kind of a selfish reason yeah. there um it's funny how that happens like guys <laughs> that we tie ourselves to early we i mean there's a reason why i have will mallory i thought he was going to be great um and uh so it's just funny like continuing to root for them all the way through the combine you know it's fun um but yeah th- those are some yeah. of the guys that uh that i'm probably looking at for me darnell washington it's just funny like all these years later um because you know you, you and i nerd out about this stuff so with these players since they're like you know in high school coming into college and you know michael mayer and darnell washington were both five-star tight ends uh washington was actually like a an athlete designation because he could have done a number right. of things including edge rusher um, and then Eric Gilbert was uh, the guy who was rated higher than both of them, but he just kind of flamed out for some off the field reasons. Uh, but it's it, like, had he not though, like he flashed, like it could have been that uh, had he just stayed uh, kind of on field there um, and uh, on the straight and narrow that it would be one, two, three mm-hmm. for the, the most talented tight ends in this class being the, f- the former five stars from the same recruiting class, which is rare. Like we do see high pedigree tight ends hit at an, at an alarming rate, a like crazy rate. Uh, but it's cool to see uh, three years later, Michael Mayer, Donna Washington, both in the mix for the tight end one conversation in the class. And I know others want to throw in Dalton Kincaid of Utah. He's actually not part- participating because of uh, believe a fracture. Uh, so he won't be participating in the combines. It's really disappointing because he was <laughs> basically – I don't know. He might have the best ball skills like uh, in the class and was the most impressive producer in terms of receiving production this year um, in the country at the time of position. So besides maybe Brock Bowers, but so, I mean, really, really impressive. Dalton Kincaid out of Utah, Luke Musgrave has a really small sample, uh, but he's allegedly really, really athletic. Maybe not the most agile, but his, his uh, straight line speed is um, supposed to be sub four, six. So that, that would be really promising. So those, those four, uh, those are the ones that everyone's really talking about and is everyone is really excited about. Uh, but beyond that, like there are just several guys who I think could contribute in, in this class and, um, for fantasy football purposes and when we need it so badly because all the tight ends are, are trash when it or comes old. to fantasy football purposes, they're old or, or bad. Like, and so it's even just, the it's good frustrating. Ones, like the good ones we have are old, <laughs> like Kelsey. Yeah. <laughs> in many cases they're, they're, they're getting there. Yeah. But even like Sam Laporta out of Iowa could be the next big Iowa tight end. He's he's more of just a straight receiver, actually. And, and I think he would be a, a contributor in the right offense. Tucker Kraft out of South Dakota State, believe it or not, could be really impressive. Zach Kuntz out of uh, Old Dominion, even, uh, is a name I think a lot of people are 
uh, forgetting about. I, I want to see how athletic he is. I used him um, in, and uh, I used him in DraftKings once once this year. It was an option, and it's yeah. it a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he was he was like at times their de facto wide receiver yeah. one outside of like Ali Jennings there. There, but uh, Cameron Latu, he can look like he's running with cement blocks on his feet, but he's eating up a lot of ground. So I am curious to see what his actual long mm. speed is. Um, so yeah, there's just several tight ends in this class that really piqued my interest as guys who could be contributors, I mean, um, or as a tight end de- depth tight end to kind of like plug and play guy that would be useful on your roster yeah. if you have deeper rosters for fantasy football. But yeah, I, I do think it's interesting, so it's, even it's, it's, like it's, Braden Willis, who uh, when. Oh, you had some quarterback. I think he's going to be really fast. He played, he played running back. Like he was their, uh, he was their, um, what do you call it when you have the weird formation? God, how's he was like their H back, like full back slash play, tight end slash. They, he was doing a lot they, of stuff when, the, when they put a running back at quarterback. The Wildcat, Jesus. Oh, Wildcat. Yeah, he yeah, did yeah. Wildcat. He did that some. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, I, I think he yeah. he could be athletic. So um, be interesting to see. But it's not like I've been grinding tape on. Uh, Braden Willis <laughs> recently. Yeah, yeah. No, I I do think though that there's there are um some really fun athletic receiving tight ends in this bunch. And if I was gonna bet on anybody being the fastest, it would it would probably be Luke Musgrave. If I was gonna bet on anybody having the best size adjusted numbers, it might be Darnell Washington. Uh and then if Michael Mayer is gonna test, I think, better than people think. Um, he might run a four seven two, but still at his size, that's actually not crazy. Yeah. So he might he might be like the Zach Ertz in this class, and then somebody else ends up being the, the Travis Kelsey. Hopefully, because we need a rejuvenation uh, uh, at the position. But um, let's dive into yeah. speed score just real quick. I know it's a really simple cal- calculation. You, I hear it um, from time to time within this nerdy community that you and I live in, and we act like it's just a normal thing that people say, um, <laughs> and it's just it's really not, you know. And so it's it's a simple calculation. Uh, if you want to look at the formula. It, it what it does first and foremost is it adjusts for your size it takes a look at your weight and your 40 and says hey this is a good speed score based on your weight uh even though your raw 40 yard dash might look on paper like it's slow you're doing it at you know x number of pounds which is still impressive and so it's just whatever your weight is times 200 uh, times 200 and then you divide that by your 40 time to the fourth power so 40 times 40 times 40 times 40 <laughs> and that pumps out a score, which uh, for running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends uh, comes in around an average in between. It fluctuates, but um, it's around just below 100. In between 96 and 98 for those three positions is an average-ish speed score. Um, like the speed score for running backs is 98, 99, depending on the class, something like that. Uh, tight ends is around 98, and uh, right now and wide receivers is around 97. And typically, if you want to calculate that for yourself, like I'm looking for guys that have speed scores of 105 um, or better, if I want to get a truly projectable difference maker of the position, uh, especially like 110, uh, you're getting into really, really impressive range. But or if you get like, you know, like, like a Saquon Barkley, you're talking about somebody over 120 in terms of their speed That's score. Uh, yeah. And so really like next level elite is like 120 plus, but there's just not that many players that have a speed score that high. That that's like running a four three three at 230 pounds. Like that's that's not that's not very common. Um, but at the skill positions, this, this that's what we're looking at for their first speed scores. But it's funny looking at the variance uh, at quarterbacks uh, and speed scores like over the years because you see a speed score uh, as low as 53.39, <laughs> and then as high as uh, 126. 
point eight eight. And so I'm, I got to put some names there with those those scores because it's just hilarious looking at uh, how slow and how fast certain players are. The the slowest for their size quarterback ever in combine history came from Chris Redman of Louisville mm-hmm. back in the year two thousand. Can you guess who the second worst speed score is in NFL combine history since the year 2000. No, I, is it, is it an obscure? I bet you person? could. I bet you could. Is it an obscure? No, it's not. Is it Tom Brady? <laughs> it is Tom That's Brady. <laughs> he ran a five, three, Ugh. he ran a 5.3 at 211 pounds, which for the quarterbacks, That's isn't small. actually that huge. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's not. And so like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, average for quarterback weights is like 220 plus yeah. like 222 ish. And uh, he at two, 211 pounds, he ran 5'3". So that, that was very good for a speed score of 553.48. Uh, yeah, the best ever um, by actually a safe margin was Robert Griffin III. Uh, speed score of 126.88. At 223 pounds, yeah. he ran a 4.33. That's crazy. And when, when you said that he tied mm-hmm. Michael Vick, I was like, he was so uh, – maybe again, maybe my TV yeah. just looked different back yeah. then, but I feel like he was so much bigger than Vick. Um he yeah, he was 13 pounds bigger than Vic, yeah. and that's why they, they tied in raw 40 score, but his speed, speed score, score was just barely better uh than that. But you know, a few other names that come right after that are really interesting. Set, you know, best speed score at quarterback was Robert Griffin the third. Michael Vick was second. And we're, we're basically just accidentally transi- transitioning into trivia now, by okay. the way. Uh, <laughs> but uh and then who who would you say are the next three? Like if you can get even one, that'd be that would be would go with that'd be pretty crazy. But uh, I, I bet you can get at least Lamar? one because Robert Griffin the third is because is Lamar. Well, Lamar didn't have to run. Oh, see, that's gonna screw so, me up. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember who all ran. Yeah, no, nah, but most of them, most of them ran. So like, it, it's more of like a recent phenomenon that you know quarterbacks aren't running. So the the third, fourth, and fifth best speed score at the quarterback position since two thousand. Two thousand. Um, They're all names you would know. They're not obscure. They're not obscure. Okay. Um, why is my, my, my mind is just blank all of a sudden. <laughs> because I asked you, that's how, that's how that yeah, works. Um, give me a second. Give me a second. I'll, I'll edit out some of the one was in the last couple of years. Coming and hawing. Um, I'm trying not to peek. One was the most impressive rushing quarterback of all time. Just this past year. Why is my, <laughs> You got this. You got it. You got it, man. This year? Justin Fields. Oh, Justin Jesus. Fields, man. Yeah. Justin Fields. <laughs> Justin Fields at seriously at 227 pounds ran a 446. I actually wanted to ask uh, you about that situation in Chicago, but we should do that next week when we talk. We should do that next week because we're gonna dive in next week to a lot of the you know takeaways from the NFL combine stuff. But really this this draft class. Uh, a few other pressing situations around the league because it's been a little bit since we've podcasted yeah. here on the College Skin Show, so needs to dive in. But the other two oh, guys, Cam Newton. Oh, that was gonna be my Cam Newton. My guess was Cam Newton. And then the best, the best college quarterback of it's, all time. Who do you think that is? It certainly isn't Vince Tebow. Young. Get out of here. Certainly is not Tebow. Vince I'm sorry, Young, Florida baby. fans. Uh, just, just lost some. All you had to do was say but, greatest uh, yeah. college quarterback of all time, and I had the answer. Yeah. <laughs> Who played the greatest game of all time? It's still like the, the, that Rose Bowl with, with Texas and USC is still the best of all time, at least, at least in my yeah, lifetime. So but anyway, 
So yeah, top five at quarterbacks. You're looking at uh, speed scores: Robert Griffin the third, Michael Vick, Justin Fields, Cam Newton, and Vince Young. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, that's that's a solid list though. Like when you think of like how prolific they were at rushing, yeah, RG three got hurt. It could have been there, but Fields putting up, you know, just like the best season ever as, as a rushing quarterback this year is is okay. And then Cam Newton, uh, the best collective body of work as a rusher uh, ever. And then Vince Young, uh, had he not had a wonderful score of four. Uh, he, he may have been able to do something better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really, really fun athleticism. And we're seeing a trend uh, continue in that direction. Uh, quarterbacks becoming more and more athletic. And so, yeah, I mean, Anthony Richardson could be in the mix for the best size speed score perhaps ever if he runs. Uh, Young won't have the best speed score, but he could be in the mix for uh, one of the better times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, you know, recent classes, including like, you know, uh, Mar- even Marcus Mariota back in 2015 has had one of the best. Uh, speed scores. Desmond Ritter ran like a, almost a four or five flat. Uh, Jalen Hurts had one of the best speed scores ever, um, as well. So you know the the league is is mobile right. <laughs> at this yep. point. Uh, I just I just want to see them actually at the quarterback position compete because we're seeing more and more years where players do decide to opt out. So I hope that isn't the case um, here soon. But uh, a couple other just fun you know uh, questions here for you, Stefan. Okay. <laughs> so fun i'm so yes. ready i'm not cheating i'm looking are you at ready because I'm, I'm not cheating i'm looking right at you you're not cheating yeah. me huh okay okay well what would you know let's just say give me one of the top five speed scores at the running back position ever or since 2000 since 2000 since 2000 yeah one just one of them one of the top five like the names a few of them are yeah just the names because well, like CJ a few 2K, of them are is he is he on there or was he yeah, too small? So, he went so fast, I figured he had He to was be. too small. Yeah, he was too small because he was like just under, I think it was just under two pounds. Two, not two pounds. Wow. Two, two, 200 pounds. But yeah, just the top five. Um, well, you mentioned Saquon Barkley already. Yep, you got one. Can you get any others? Yeah. Um, there's... Was Jamal Charles on there? Or was he also too small? No. Yeah, too small. But... Uh, yeah, he because like when you're, you know, like I think he was, let's see, he was right at 200 pounds, and it, it's it's hard to to get a speed score that high. But no, I'll just, I'll just give him okay. to you because I think the name you would have gotten, you probably beat yourself over this, but Ben Tate, right, back in t- 2010. You mentioned him earlier. I, I mentioned he played him. for he played for the yeah, Texans, right? Uh huh. And they, back when they were actually really yeah. good, <laughs> and uh, well, that their offense was really fun there for a second. But Niall Davis was another one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I remember him. That's crazy. yeah. That's a name. And then the other ones you wouldn't get was Mario Fan and Keith Marshall. Derrick Henry close to the top. Derrick Henry is 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 up there, but um, you know his his I don't know if you remember, but his actual time was four five four. I did not. So, but he's big. Yeah, but I mean he was he was like two hundred fifty pounds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so his is top thirty ever, but not not quite there. Um, for I sure. turned I I opened but, up the sheet now and I'm looking at some of the names. Yeah, there's a lot. Man, Ryan Matthews was the dude I was super pumped about. <laughs> I remember yeah. him. Yeah. Um, oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Deuce McAllister. Jeez. Uh, Some fun names. Yeah, it's it's it is really funny. Let's uh, how about let's go the other direction. Like we're we're talking about the best, but let's let's talk about the worst. <laughs> yeah, the worst vertical jump of all time for for wide receivers in the NFL. If you get this one, I I like yeah, how many inches to. or who it was. Inches, actually, yeah. Let's do inches because you might get that—the worst vertical of all time for wide receivers. Oh, 
which to, to give you some and listeners some some context here again just to remind like the average for the vertical leap for wide receivers uh you're looking at uh oh my gosh i just lost it this is great podcasting 35 just over 35 it's in between 35 and 36 inches for average okay. Uh, well, and, I was and if you say, get like 25th percentile, say like 25th, the worst is 24 and a half oh, inches. That? <laughs> that's like, that's like what Bill from accounting could just go do in his dress shoes right now. But <laughs> Who it, was it? <laughs> it was Anthony Johnson out of West, West Texas uh-huh. A&M. Uh, yeah, no, nobody knows that name. The second worst though was Earl Bennett, uh, a Vanderbilt wide receiver who actually did something. Uh, yeah, it is just funny because like, and, and Danny Amendola has one of the worst vertical jumps of yeah, all time. Surprise me, white uh, man can't jump. No, no, yeah, but like Jarvis Landry is way up there too. Like some some names that uh, you know have been productive from time to time, but didn't didn't you know necessarily have the most burst yeah. <laughs> to their name. Oh man, uh, but yeah, that, that was just interesting when I was looking through the list of uh, like the worst at anything. Um, how about um, the the worst? Bench press, which is useless, by the way. <laughs> That's what I don't even have to talk about because it's or, just, it's like well, if you lack functional streak, uh, uh, strength, okay, but like it's it doesn't really mean there's no signal whatsoever. Uh, even like at the tight end position where you think it might matter, it doesn't. Yeah. But let's, let's just like, what do you think the worst mark is? Like not the, the name, you would never position? get the name for tight end. Uh, it, he went to Rutgers, but you would never get him. I wouldn't. I didn't know this person existed. And so I, you know, I, I put 16, these, you know, databases together. The worst bench press ever is three no. reps. <laughs> a tight end yes. only had three reps? A tight end with three reps. Did he just walk you know, away DC and Jefferson. never came back? He was like, oh, I'm done. He didn't do anything besides the bench either. No. So he probably just he realized, to set oh, the record. Man, I'm outclassed. He's like, I just want yeah. to show everyone how bad this can be. Yeah, there's actually not been... Um, there's there's been 38 cases that were below 16 ever since 2000 okay. for tight ends. So my 14 wasn't uh, completely crazy. No, like yeah, like like 14 was like is tied for 15th worst ever. So yeah, not not too bad. But yeah, that's all that's all the time we got <laughs> on this, this spot. I just want to have some fun with you. Like that, that there's some random stuff. No, but, it's fun though. Uh, NFL Combine is gonna be fun. We'll break down a lot of these guys who these fast names, these slow names, these guys who are the best or the worst next week, and then some other key pressing situations around the NFL. But Stefan, any other fun facts or anything you want to leave with the listeners before we hop off? Uh, according to your chart here, Kalen Balaj had a had a pretty decent. Uh, speed score and i just think that's amazing so uh, uh with that I, i'm good yeah um i'm glad to be doing this again with you travis uh gonna figure out uh editing and doing all that on my new computer and uh get this out as soon as possible but it'll be good to be back out there and uh good looking at uh combine results and i won't watch much of it live but i'll be looking at all the results for sure absolutely well, it's good to talk to you guys again, and uh, feel free to reach out to us at FF underscore Travis M and at Stay Fun Leco on Twitter uh, to uh, have any questions or things you'd like to see on the show, or you can leave a five-star review wherever you listen, and we'll try to get that question uh, that you leave in your review on the show here soon. But until next time, you guys take care and enjoy NFL Combine season. We'll see you on the next College to Ken podcast. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing. 
but you know better, and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com